Hey, Integrity Radio, it's Brian over at My Mental Download. Just want to give a quick shout out to you guys. Uh, still loving the program, even though I'm uh, not uh, responding as often as I have in the past. But I want to also give an agreement to Ronnie that there are just some days uh, where you wake up and you're like, Nope, I don't got it today. You still get out of bed and you still do everything you need to do, especially uh, if you have children. But uh, there's still that part in the back of your mind where you're just like, nope, don't got it. Anyway, uh, again, love of the show. Keep it up. I have instructions for my students and a request for my casual listeners. If you have iTunes, go to iTunes and search integrity slash anchor and you'll find me and uh please subscribe yeah that's it just go to uh, go to your itunes look up integrity slash anchor and subscribe thanks i think it could be offered in the school as a um an elective you know if you get a science degree and you take a couple art classes or well, in a two or four class. year Right. College as an elective, as elective, but not yeah. actually get the degree. Not you don't spend your entire time getting a four-year degree in it. Yeah, we're talking about the relevance of education and how early, early on it was huge to be able to send your kids uh, to get any sort of education, uh, and then, um, then in the seventies, it sort of got pretty convoluted, and that's about when I was getting through. Uh, high school and then going into college and yeah I mean it was just to, well, it became to, a, a joke at one point I mean yeah there were jokes when I was starting college about you know communications majors and uh, you know like the common joke was though they're taking basket weaving 101 right yeah so yeah there to spend a fortune on a degree that isn't going to get you a job or something you could learn vocationally, I think, is is a waste of time and money. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I, <laughs> I'm the one that got those degrees. Uh, you know, I have a. Uh, yeah, but you didn't get a four-year degree. I don't. No, no, I don't, no, no, I don't no. think it's. Yeah, more of an equivalent of a of multiple associates degrees uh-huh. <laughs> in in music, classical music and jazz music. Yeah. So. And you and well, I think what you did, like you said, it was more of a vocational type thing, and I think that that is the way it should be done. For yeah. Those, you know, if you really want to learn it, go off for a year or two years and and learn it. And I did actually go out and get work and be able to somewhat sustain myself on occasions yeah (laughs) as a musician but yeah it was very very challenging and uh i think what i wanted to reiterate what you said which is you think that colleges shouldn't be able to uh you know what would how'd you say it they shouldn't be able to teach they shouldn't give you a four-year degree in art. In art, right. yeah. They can give you a four-year degree in science or math with yeah. a, maybe an, an understudy in art where you took some classes and you become this creative, more creative scientist or something like that. Yeah. But I, I think, I really think it's a con, the, the schools giving four-year degrees in, in... Not that the artists who come out aren't, aren't probably wonderful artists, but what are they going to do with it? 
And then another thing that I wanted to reiterate what you said was about martial arts and painting and sculpture, you know, the, the arts. Right, it's all an art. And you, yeah, should, the master, you should be like the olden time where you go seek out the master and that's how you get your training. Yeah, and the master could, could um, what did I say? <laughs> the master could create his price. He'd say whatever, charge right. whatever, you know, nothing right. or, or charge everything, whatever. And you'd probably end up being a better artist in the end because that's the technique that you wanted to learn, not just, yeah. you know, the basic whatever they're teaching you. Yeah. Turning you out in numbers. And then there was something that I was thinking earlier, and this is all connected to my first thought this morning, was regarding how Wing Chun was different. Although we call it a martial art, I've always been uncomfortable with that term. Mm. Because Wing Chun is more of a martial science, in fact. Well, I think it has a bunch of psychology wrapped around it. I think... Uh, it's it really is Wing Chun is is an, a Chinese way of saying you know like a, an early 400 years ago when it was invented mm -hmm. way of saying physical sciences yeah and mental as well yeah and so that's where martial arts or no no that's why i don't want to call it martial arts but wing chun that's where wing chun separates itself from arts and science it it is a science and not an art mm. so um it's an applied science yeah all right so Ronnie had a good thought. <laughs> Remember? That's going to be my new podcast. Ronnie had a good idea. Uh -huh. yeah. Or something like that. Uh, um, yeah. I, uh, I, I thought I was um, correcting Ronnie on what the physical sciences were. And um, it turns out, luckily, we have Google. We just Googled that shit. And boom. I was wrong. How did I feel? Um, well, elated, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's after I got up, uh, after being flat on my back. <laughs> and I came to consciousness. And I was like, yeah, that was a good, that was good. So, what well, was the physical sciences are relating to Inanimate in objects. objects, yes. Not now, part of the biolo biology fields. Yeah. Now, I did a little trick, and I was wondering if anybody was going to catch me, and nobody really caught me. I guess Ronnie caught me in a way, right? Because we're talking about the subject. But I had used the definition for physical sciences and just replaced the term Wing Chun. I just wanted to see if anybody would sort of pick up on that, that I was replacing it. Now, I was making an honest comparison of Wing Chun. So, right. and that's what I thought you were doing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, but anyway, where I uh, went wrong in my uh, definition was the whole inanimate thing, because we are animate. Yeah. Right. Now, there can be, of course, you can have philosophical debates and discussions regarding 
What's animate? What's animate? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just go with humans. That doesn't belong in science. Yeah. So now here's the thing. Because of that argument, there's where Wing Chun comes in. So I don't really have to, like I said, you know, really um, revise the uh, definition too much. Physical sciences help us to understand uh, the inanimate objects, uh, you know, which is weird. It's very hard for me to consider uh, the stars and plants and animals to be ina inanimate. They're not objects. considered to be alive, right? Yeah, it's not alive. Yeah. In our in our scientific definition of being alive. That's peculiar. So anyway, we can look at Wing Chun as the sort of the physical sciences of being human. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Yeah. The, and and not the, in the a relation of the physical sciences to the animate. And not as in a subjective manner. I actually didn't comprehend what you just said, but I had to get out what I needed to say. Would you say I'll listen to it again later? <laughs> yeah. So now that's a more honest definition. If we're looking for a, an honest well, definition, I think that gives you a, a better more unique definition of what Wing Chun is also instead of having to steal the definition of an existing science it really is melding many sciences together uh, well specifically the ones that I described I really do you know yeah. I, I, I like I said I, I am making an honest uh, comparison with right, the Qigong Qigong I'm, I'm sure no one Qigong, called you on Qigong, it because yeah. they all knew what you were talking about yeah yeah or could make those uh, yes could cross that metaphor <laughs> right <laughs> metaphorical bridge <laughs> so well very good I, th I I feel I feel glad that we actually um you know, didn't glaze over that segment um, and were able to catch it, mm -hmm. even if it was ourselves catching. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Wing Chun is like the physical sciences of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Of the human body. Yeah. yeah. Or even a uh, community. Yeah. Groups of humans. Yeah. Yeah, very... Uh, specifically engineered for humans, Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything in nature specifically engineered for humans. <laughs> We've had to engineer everything, our food, everything, you know, our, our living structures. Now, I ain't no evolutionary biologist, but um, check this out. Have you ever thought about the relationship between Weed, marijuana, Wing Chun Gung Fu, and the gun. The late great Carl Sagan theorized that early man smoked marijuana and started to produce art and various artifacts. Started creating tools, painting pictures, communicating in various ways. So marijuana can be seen as the very thing responsible for civilization. Now many years pass 
and things develop. Complexities get more complex. And we have people fighting each other. And this thing is invented. It's called Wing Chun. It allows a smaller, weaker person to defend themselves against a stronger, bigger person. Now, as far as humans go, or the, the, the striving to become human, this is huge technology. This has really got to be the first advanced technology. All martial arts, of course, strive to achieve this. You know, a smaller person beating a bigger person. That's what all the martial arts strive to do. In all the movies, kung fu movies, Wing Chun actually just achieves this. It was invented by women, but eventually shared to men. But the, the time it got shared to men, there was another invention that came about, and that was the handgun. And so, and then of course, without the gun, none of any of what we have today would exist. Everything we have comes by way of the gun. So like I said, I'm no evolutionary biologist, but um, I wonder if anybody's ever made those correlations. And if they have, let me know about it. I'd be, it'd be really cool to read about that. Integrity Radio. Hi, this is a call in to Z at Integrity Radio about uh, adopt a pit bull. I love pit bulls, and I think that they're one of the most maligned breeds of dogs that there are. Uh, pit bulls have such a gentle nature. The fact that people are afraid of them is just due to misinformation. But here's what I did not know. Our homeowner's insurance policy prohibits us from owning either a pit bull or a Rottweiler. If, we, if they come out and find out that we have a pit bull or a Rottweiler living at this residence, they will cancel our homeowner's insurance. I could not believe this when I heard this. And apparently this is very common. Apparently most homeowners insurance policies, if you look at it closely, most of them forbid you from owning pit bulls. I think this is absolutely insane. Hi, this is a call in to Z at Integrity Radio about your supplements. I uh, really tend to agree with you. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I don't agree with you. I'm not sure yet. I take every day uh, uh, fish oil and whey protein. This gives me my omega-3 and my fatty acids. And then I also take a, a, just a multivitamin. I don't want to talk about that. But the whey protein and the, uh, the fish oil, I notice a difference when I don't take these. Uh, I just notice a difference in how much energy I have. When I, when I do whey protein and fish oil, I just I have more energy. It, it, it is so noticeable to me. I, I don't know if this is placebo or not, but I just know that I, I can see the difference. Hey, Ben. All right. Well, supplements. And you're taking some fish oils, which, by the way, is a very uh, common thing to be prescribed. Um seems common knowledge that you know we need more of that specifically from the sources so um again i can't speak for the efficacy of the pill form 
Now, whey protein, as far as I know, that's pretty much milk. You know, isolated proteins from milk. Again, you can get plenty of that through milk. Now, you say you feel a difference. Now, the question is, is is there really a difference or is it a placebo? This is exactly the issue. This is the problem. Shouldn't we know and not have to guess? Shouldn't there be studies that say, without a doubt, when you take a fish oil supplement, you will feel improved A, B, and C? I'm not saying this is not true. What I'm saying is, shouldn't we know if this is true or not at this point? And it becomes rather suspect if we don't know for sure that it's not true. And a bunch of people being sold a product and those people buying the product and then saying they feel a difference is not scientific. It's not a controlled study. Again, the same fluid that surrounds the brain surrounds the stomach. The brain influences the stomach. The stomach influences the brain. So in this instance, we are not very good indicators as to if something is working well or not. My point is, if if you feel like taking vitamin C, for instance, makes you feel great and not taking it makes you feel not great, there may be more going on there than just the vitamin C. This is a good example for me because I love vitamin C makes me feel like uh, I'm, I'm healthy or something. But <laughs> there are no real studies that show that increased dosages of um, vitamin C supplement um, are efficient. No. <laughs> if they work or improve your health or anything like that. Now, again, we are talking about, you know, a, a somewhat healthy uh, average human being. If there is such a thing. If you are sickly and you suffer from a disease, then of course you're going to, you know, have to take supplements for that. That's not the argument here. In fact, uh, part of this argument is that people take vitamins and supplements as part of their health and fitness regime, which I find this really a joke. If you're leading a, an active lifestyle and you're eating somewhat uh, of, an, <laughs> of a decent diet, then you should be fine unless medically speaking there's something wrong with you and Ben the only way for you to really know if something's working or not would be for you to be given um, a placebo and you not know about it again the fish oil might be working for you just fine but wouldn't it be nice to know the pharmaceutical company is doing uh, what Sun Tzu would have us do be sure to give your enemy an escape route. And the pharmaceutical medical community uh, has this escape route called uh, homeopathy or alternative medicine is probably the, the best term. So yes, there are evil collusions going on. But by the AMA and the alternative medical field, <laughs> or racket shall we call it, I really feel that the future, we're going to know these things and it won't be such um, a shameful ambiguity that we have to swim through in order to get relief from our pains and our suffering. I am suffering right now and I tell you what, if there is a placebo, I would take it. 
But right now I'm going to go do some Motrin. Thanks for listening. Integrity Radio. All right, here's an example. I love weed, marijuana. And there is a lot of speculation out there that marijuana may actually be beneficial to your help. Uh, health. Now, weed has been around, been used for thousands of years, but there's just not enough information. That's insane. Now, I'm no scientist and I'm no doctor. So I cannot say without a doubt that marijuana is actually beneficial for me. I like it. It feels good. It seems to relieve some of my aches and pains. It seems to help me emotionally. But it's a goddamn crime that this has not been substantiated. And why? Because there's too much money involved. So it very well could be that marijuana is very um, beneficial to human beings. And there are users such as myself that would probably agree with that, anecdotally speaking. But we don't really know, and that's just ridiculous. Now, Vice just did a piece on microdosing with marijuana, so I'm going to include that piece. I think it kind of speaks on the uh, issue that I'm speaking about. <laughs> it kind of sucks. I heard this on one of the other uh, podcasts, and that is that it sort of sucks to live in the primitive era of our technology. And right now, with a lot of this stuff, we are shooting in the dark. But I'm hopeful, I, mean, I really hope that we can, within our lifetime, even sooner, hopefully, come up with conclusive evidence regarding various supplements and various health and fitness practices as well. What tips the hand, what creates this little bullshit factor, is that anything that you hold self-evident for a long time should is probably due for some scrutiny. And to stay sort of current and relevant, the piece said something really significant, which is their remark on placebos. Again, remember folks, when we're having this discussion, don't marginalize the placebo. But come on, man, let's call a spade a spade. And eventually we might be able to get around to actually helping people and helping ourselves, being more efficient in our attempts to be more healthy or more importantly, to alleviate our suffering and our pain. All right, so here's the piece on microdosing on marijuana uh, put out by Vice. Integrity Radio. What is this product? It's cannabis trim, psyllium husk, and it's coconut oil. This small amount is a quote-unquote microdose. Do you consider this to be a health supplement? I don't know how to answer that question. It makes you better and makes you feel better. And if it doesn't, you don't take it. Microdosing started with LSD. While many users prefer to trip balls, the creator of Acid, Dr. Albert Hoffman, also believed tiny amounts had therapeutic value. Decades later, microdosing hallucinogens has been proposed as a substitute for everything from Adderall to marriage counseling. Now, with legal weed spreading across the country, marijuana microdoses are the next frontier. How many pills per day are you packaging here? You make like 1,200 an hour. 
Ethan Ernest is the man behind Mirth Control, one of the many products in this emerging market. Ethan smoked cannabis to treat his anxiety. After volunteering at Ground Zero in New York, he developed chronic bronchitis and created marijuana pills. So is this medicine or is it a recreational drug? I tried to position it as both because it was clearly medicine for myself. It's like an open source Xanax. There's no scientific consensus on the benefits of microdosing marijuana, but some people go. swear by it. Thank you. Portland dispensary worker Lauren LaFranc uses mirth control to treat several health issues. This is our edible selection. A lot of these are like lower dosages. What's the difference between a microdose and a low dose? Is it the same thing? It, it is the same thing. It's just, it's, they're just calling it microdosing. I think it's just kind of like becoming a little bad right now. Products labeled as microdoses contain one to 10 milligrams of THC. A typical joint has 35 to 90 milligrams, and some edibles on the market have up to 1,000 milligrams. Initially, I did use it recreationally, but I, I also found that it had really great medicinal benefits. Seems like the line between recreational and medical is pretty blurry. It really is. Mirth Control is distributed by Novapass. It's one of several low-dose products the company offers. Some push the envelope with their medical claims. We've developed a product line in conjunction with a medical doctor who's been practicing cannabis treatment. The basic idea behind this is that there are certain terpenes or cannabinoids that have the efficacy that this is referring to. The name of this is just sleep. Correct. But you're not saying that it's effective for sleep necessarily. Yep. And so the consumer can, you know, translate that however they wish. And we don't have to make claims that, you know, this is going to help you sleep. Uh, within 20 minutes or whatever the heck it does do. Is there a disclaimer that says, like, this won't necessarily make you go to sleep? Um, I, I think the disclaimer is more generic. It says this product is not approved by the FDA to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This type of suggestive packaging is not unprecedented. Dietary supplement labeling often implies medical benefits with a disclaimer to avoid FDA scrutiny. Is there any concern about liability from somebody who's taking a medication for one of these conditions, whether it's you know, depression or pain or something else, that they're going to switch to this that's, like you said, kind of unproven? Not a huge concern because if it doesn't work, I don't think there's a lot of chance that it would do any damage to them. It just wouldn't work. How do you know that this isn't a placebo effect? It could be. Uh, on the other hand, why is that not adequate for the people for whom it works? At the very least, clearly labeled small doses could keep users from ending up like Marine Dowd and every other novice stoner who's had a nightmare experience after eating too much weed. So who's your target demographic with this product? Anyone that might benefit from it ultimately, but I, in my mind I said, okay, maybe someone my age that's new to cannabis. You're taking just the minimum amount to have an effect. Integrity Radio is about becoming human. It's about using Kung Fu for self-correction and as a foundation for intellectual development. Integrity Radio is about music, art, and psychology. Integrity Radio is for anyone interested in creativity and science. Rob, what are you doing? Um, physics homework. Terrence, what are you doing? I'm making a pizza, like the Italians. 
Bill T, what are you doing? Making another pizza. Ronnie, working like a woman. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, drinking wine and eating olives. <laughs> <laughs> and physics homework. That all goes together. <laughs> what are you asking? Should I olive oil this pan? Yes. Yes, you should. Ask me, Ben. I'm the head chef currently. No, you're not. You're just you don't know chef. anything. <laughs> you're just a sous chef. Deal you don't with know it. anything. I'm the one that's making the big pizza. Hey, guys, listen. Don't enough. make me call Gordon Ramsay on you guys. <laughs> he, Gordon Ramsay will even say I'm the head chef. Seems better than me. No. The only thing you know... I think we need to call Anthony Bourdain. Why, so he'll drink all of our wine and stink up the joint? Wait, is that that guy? Yeah, he'll like just come in, take his feet, his shoes off, stink I, up the I, joint, I, drink I, all the wine. My, my favorite chef is Alton Brown. The guy that doesn't want ketchup on people's steak. I don't even know who that is. No, he's like the science guy, the science chef. Oh, that one's I forgot to make this. Bread. I rewrote the equation so I can solve for T, not T squared. So, oh, all right. We'll try it that way and see what you get. Here. What are you Where saying, Terrence? I'm saying I don't know who Alton Brown is. Listen, I don't know. I, I, I might need to explain something to you guys. I don't really like new stuff. <laughs> you know? Stuff. Yeah, new ideas, new concept, new he's, things, he's new new celebrities. He's from the 90s. So he's new. Yeah, that's way too new. You know what's new to Isn't me? I think anything, anything 1950s and beyond is too new. Isn't Gordon Ramsay more new? Well, yeah, but Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, but he's a vampire from way back, so. Yeah. Yeah. But he's new. Hey, do you guys know that no, he's not. versus the son of Satan? He's not. How long has he been famous? Is he even famous? I'm confused he now. He's very famous. He's the guy who likes to yell at everybody. He's the guy that. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that threw a piece of bread at a guy and then yelled, see me out. Sue me, that's a famous chef. Sue me, sue me. He's trying to encourage the guy to be like the famous chef. Sue me. Like that one? What are you saying, Bill T? I already got the answer. What was the answer? Should I put pizza sauce on it? And what was the question, not the answer? No, that was the answer. That was the question. Should I put pizza sauce on it? On what? Pizza. Which pizza? These, the cornmeal. Better save some now listen, these food. are the ones we're eating, right? Yes. All right, so don't mess them up. You can mess that one up, but don't mess these up. That looks okay. good. Okay. Okay, we'll mess this up a ton. Oh, <laughs> you're pretty. This is why you're not the head chef. <laughs> the head chef. Exactly. You would that. never. You would never mess with someone's palate like that. You, Their psychological palate. You would never do that. You don't tell them you messed up. That's messed up. Careful. Sharp knife. Sharp knife. That'd be a lot easier. Sharp knife. That'd be sharp. Tim, right over there by the sink. Whenever we're doing surgery, never use a butter knife. Tim, move. See? See how easy that was? Two whites. See, you gotta do that. See? Okay, never mind. Okay. Gotta do that.